You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. You're listening to DolphinsTalk.com Daily, the most listened to daily Miami Dolphins podcast on the internet. Come on, Dolphins fans. Time to fins up. Good morning, Miami Dolphins fans. How are you today? Thank you for listening to DolphinsTalk.com Daily on this Tuesday, December the 8th. I'm your host, Tom Ernesty, bringing you today's show... We have some breaking news before we dive into the Miami Dolphins stuff. And as of this recording, the Pittsburgh Steelers were defeated at the hands of the Washington football team 23-17 to in Pittsburgh. Therefore, the 1972 Miami Dolphins reign supreme as the only undefeated team in NFL history. And that streak is continuing It was an amazing showing by the Washington football team. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, watch the highlights of the game. You know, this is off topic for the Miami Dolphins, but I have to say the the comeback player of the year is Alex Smith and Alex Smith alone. Uh, That injury that he suffered two years ago, the fact that he's able to be on the football field right now playing and the way he's playing and the fact that he won that game, helped that team win that game, in Pittsburgh to end the Steelers' perfect season attempt is nothing short of incredible. And Alex Smith, in my opinion, should just be handed the award right now. There's no better comeback story in the NFL than Alex Smith this season. So with the Steelers now losing, there's a tie at the top of the AFC playoff picture with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers both sitting at 11-1. and And the Dolphins are welcoming in the 11-1 Kansas City Chiefs to Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday at 1 p.m. on CBS with Jim Nance and Tony Romo. So we will get into that game as we progress throughout the week. But let's get into the Monday news and the fallout from yesterday's crazy football fight whatever f word you want to use for that game uh the dolphins winning again 19 to 7 over the bengals so let's start with the fight the fight obviously is the one thing that came from this game um that drew national headlines and with the so uh, with the the amount of ejections from the game with Devontae Parker, Matt Collins, Xavier Howard all kicked out of the game for the Dolphins. Uh, Nobody on the Miami Dolphins roster will be facing a suspension. Again, nobody on the Dolphins will face suspension. Be damn sure there's going to be some fines. Well, again, I don't agree with uh, some of the fines that are going to be coming because, you know, particularly with Xavier Howard and the Tyler Boyd slap fest, uh, which to me just doesn't warrant a um, 
fine of any reason or for them getting kicked out of the game. But Devontae Parker, Matt Collins, they went to the aid of Jakeem Grant and, you know, thankful that they did because, you know, you stick up for your teammates. And Brian Flores also is going to get fined for storming the field and looking like he was just going to tear somebody apart. So there will be fines. For the Cincinnati Bengals, there is a suspension. And not the player that you actually think would be at the top of the list of a suspension in that dirty Mike Thomas who hit Jakeem Grant not once but twice illegally in the game yesterday and was full-on intent to hurt Jakeem Grant. Actually, it was Sean Williams, their so-called quote-unquote captain, who is going to be suspended by the NFL for stepping on Solomon Kinley's ankle and turning his cleat onto his ankle uh, in the game yesterday nonchalantly. Didn't think he was going to get caught. He got caught. He is now suspended one game by the NFL for that dirty play. Not even a play, just dirty in general and what he did to Solomon Kinley. So in regards to the fallout of the game, let's talk about the Dolphins' defense. As they now sit... I believe with the Steelers' loss, they are now sitting, I believe, first in the league. I'm going to do that math while we talk about it here. But the Dolphins are, uh, prior to the game of Pittsburgh, second in the NFL at 17.7 points per game allowed. Their opponent's third down percentage, 32.3%. That's number one in the NFL. They have 31 sacks. They came into the, uh, the game against the Bengals with 25. They got six. 31 total sacks, that's tied for 10th in the league. And they have 21 takeaways, which is second in the NFL. So the Steelers, points against this season. Uh, Let me see here. Let's see. So prior to the game, Looks like they gave up a total of 205 points. So that's going to put Miami, I believe, still second, just behind Pittsburgh for for tops in the NFL in points allowed per game. So kudos to, again, Brian Flores. Yeah, it's the Bengals we're talking about here. They played the Jets the week before. They gave up a combined 10 points in the last two games to two poor teams. But that's what you're supposed to do. Now the big test. The big test coming against the Kansas City Chiefs in this monumental game to start the last quarter of the 2020 season. This is a huge, huge game with so much on the line with the way things are going in the AFC playoff picture. The Dolphins just cannot stumble against Kansas City. they got to find a way to win. We'll see how it plays out. So heading into the game against the Kansas City Chiefs, you're probably wondering about the injuries. The injuries that occurred uh, on Sunday, we're going to dive into that real quick. Eric Rowe, we knew he was uh, checked out for a concussion. He did return. He was asked by the media how he was doing, how he was feeling. Everything's cool with Eric Rowe. Uh, There should be no problem there. Eric Flowers, that was the big injury from... Sunday and the way that that injury looked did not look pretty. It looked it, it looked like his season was over. But it was reported by Armando Salguero on Monday morning that the injury sustained by Eric Flowers 
was deemed only an ankle sprain, and there is a chance that he will suit up and play against the Chiefs on Sunday. And that, to me, again, nothing short sort of a miracle, the way that his leg bent in that situation. So very good news there when it comes to Eric Flowers. Not so good news so far for Landon Roberts. Landon Roberts left the game yesterday, which looked like a chest injury and ended up being an elbow injury. And he had uh, went to the locker room. He was in street clothes with a sling, holding uh, holding his arm in one spot. There is a strong chance that he will not play against the Chiefs. And there's an outside chance. We don't know the severity yet. We'll find out more Wednesday, Thursday for Landon Roberts. But this could be a big blow to the Dolphins' run defense as he has been one of the key cogs of that run defense in the 2020 season. So where does that leave Miami? Well, Calvin Munson uh, made that bonehead penalty the first play he was on the field after the Roberts injury. I think the Dolphins are going to turn to number 51, Camus Grugier-Hill. I think he is going to see more snaps on defense, uh, as he did uh, earlier in the season, uh, I think we're going to see him a lot more uh, going forward. Time will tell. We'll see how the scheme works uh, for uh, the Dolphins' defense with Landon Roberts now out potentially for uh, for quite some time. The last thing regarding injuries, and I'm just going to touch on this real quick. This is now the thir- the three week. Window for Preston Williams is now up. So he is could actually come off the injured reserve and be able to play for the Dolphins in the upcoming weeks. However, there has been no news regarding Preston Williams. None. It is his week that he can come off injured reserve. But there has been no talk of him doing that. But Wednesday will be the day. If he is on the practice field in any capacity, he would be looking to work his way back to possibly playing. But once again, we don't know because it hasn't been talked about. The foot injury that he suffered in Arizona, the reports were it was significant enough that he could miss the rest of the season. But we don't know. So keep your eyes and ears uh, ready to hear what's going on with Preston Williams as we progress throughout the week. I am going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap up with the Mondays uh, with Monday's news and tidbits from Brian Flores' press conference and get you ready for the Kansas City Chiefs game as we progress throughout the week. Sit back. We'll be, uh, we'll be returned to the show right after this. Hey, guys. Manscaped was created for all men. With great products such as the Lawnmower 3.0, Weed Whacker, Crop Reviver, and even Cologne, Manscaped has everything you need to keep you in the game and not take your balls and go home. Manscaped also has teamed with Testicular Cancer Society, aimed to educate and entertain while spreading a very important message about early detection and screening to protect yourself from men's health issues. Head to manscaped.com, that is once again manscaped.com, and use the promo code DOLPHINSTALK to save 20% off your order. Manscaped, together we save balls. 
All right, welcome back. Let's get into the press conference for head coach Brian Flores here on Monday. And he was asked questions on Jakeem Grant as well as Eric Flowers. Obviously, as we know throughout the year and discussing these press conference uh, tidbits, Brian Flores doesn't dive into too much of what's going on behind the scenes. As with Jakeem Grant, he stated that he was banged up like a lot of the guys on the team are. Uh, He fought through the injuries yesterday. Um, and uh, he should be okay. He's just going to get some treatment to try to feel better. Uh, Eric Flowers, uh, Brian Flores stated he left the game yesterday and didn't return. He's getting treatment this morning and getting evaluated. Still kind of working through that process. Uh, he mentioned that Flowers is a tough guy. He wants to be out there. I know he's going to do everything he can to be back out there as quickly as possible. And as far as reports that are out there again, I'm not going to talk about anyone's medical situation until we have all the information ourselves. And that's where Eric is. Brian Flores always playing his cards close to the chest. He was asked about, you know, the team has won eight out of nine. Most of those wins have been again with uh, double digits, and you're playing at a high level. Do you think the team is ready for the challenge that the Kansas City Chiefs presents? Brian Flores uh, states the Chiefs are a very good team, and everybody knows that. They are the reigning champions. They have a great coach, great quarterback. Pretty much everybody on that team is great. It is going to be a big challenge. They got, uh, you know, the Chiefs have a bunch of guys in the locker room uh, who will be, uh, will compete, will compete and are tough as we have our own guys that will do the same. Uh, right now, we're just making corrections from yesterday's game. We'll get into preparation later in the week over these few days. It's a very good team. We all know that. We just have to take it week by week. Day by day. Uh, he mentioned about Chan Gailey. He was asked about Chan Gailey, I should say, going up-tempo in the second half for Tua, and he talked about how it confused the defense a bit. And the obvious question would be, should we see more of that, and what are the pros and cons of running more up-tempo? Brian says, I think it's week to week. Every week is based on what we see from our next opponent. If we could turn on the tape and see what someone's uh, and see someone else running no huddle against Kansas City and they're getting stoned every play, in, in that case, we wouldn't do it. That's the case for up-tempo. That could be the case for something else in the kicking game offensively, defensively. It's early. We all have to fo- you know, all the focus was on the Bengals. It's one game season. We'll turn our attention to Kansas City and we'll see. So, you know, again, these sometimes these questions make no sense because the coach isn't going to dive in to what they're going to do and what how they're going to get uh, the offense moving against Kansas City. Uh, he was asked about what is a message to the team with an elite opponent coming into town, and Brian Flores said that it is the same as every day. We prepare the correct way, make sure we're getting our rest, hydrating, getting the right nutrition in our body, trying to get ourselves to an optimal level for next week. That's the daily process. Let's have a good meeting today. Let's get into our weekly routine, which everyone is a little bit different. Mine is different from yours. Is different for the next player. So get into your routine, watch the film, study your opponent, and we'll be in touch with the players and the game plan going forward. Um, you know, it, pretty much another ho-hum conversation with Brian Flores, but I do want to say this, and I mentioned this on the post-game wrap-up show, uh, what Brian Flores did yesterday. It looked like he was going to absolutely go over to the Cincinnati sideline and body slam somebody. That's what it looked like. But the message was clear on what he was doing. What Brian Flores was doing in that moment 
was showing his players that he has their back. And he wants his players to have his. I think it could be more clear, and I think the message definitely rang through during the game, and I'm pretty sure that message is going to ring uh, in the locker room and uh, you know personal conversations. Jakeem Grant's agent actually tweeted out about Brian Flores after that Jakeem Grant, uh, the second hit on him. He His agent mentioned that Jakeem Grant is a huge fan of Brian Flores, and he respects him a hell of a lot more for what he did yesterday going across the field and, and joining in on the madness uh, that was occurring. So it was all done purposely. Yeah, it's going to cost them money, but it, is it going to cost the team in the long run? No. No, it's going to help elevate the team, and they're going to come in and they're going to work harder for Brian Flores. They're going to work harder to get the details uh, refined and to be able to go out against the Kansas City Chiefs and try to get a W. Because listen, if the Dol- this is a game that many, many, many people have chalked up as an L for the Dolphins, myself included. I, I'm the first to admit that this game does not look pretty for the Dolphins. But every single week is a new week, and they start 0-0, zero and, zero, and the Chiefs come to town. They struggled last night against the Broncos' defense, and the, uh, I'm, I'm in firm belief the Dolphins' defense is better than Denver's. And the Dolphins will be prepared for whatever Kansas City will throw at them. That's the best thing that they can do, and the chips will fall where they may. So let's wrap up today's show with the talk that everybody wants to talk about. We're going to talk about Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And here's the reason why I'm bringing this up. is Tua's season, as it sits right now, he's got a 63.2% completion percentage, 898 yards passing, 7 touchdowns, 0 interceptions, 99.4 rating. Tua is one of three quarterbacks in NFL history through his first five starts to have a quarterback rating above 95. The two other quarterbacks is Dan Marino and Ben Roethlisberger. So Tua joins some very good company. And his game looks like again it's just improving. Right, He struggles against Denver. He sat last week against the Jets. And he comes out against Cincinnati. Has a 66.7 completion percentage, 296 yards, and a touchdown. 97.8 rating. And the struggle that he had against Cincinnati was just rookie mistakes. You know, people are pointing out, yeah, the read option, the RPO, on uh, the first first and goal drive when they were down 7 nothing. He missed a wide-open Adam Shaheen. He should have pulled the ball back and made the throw. That's stuff he sees on tape. That's things that he will improve on. The third and goal, when they are up already, 16-7, to he missed a wide-open Mac Hollins on a slant play. Again, these are things that he will improve on. These are things that the coaching staff is going to point out to him so he can make those mental um, uh, mental adjustments to the game. 
I think Tua played a hell of a game. I think the offense looked great when Chan Gailey went up-tempo. Tua had a great second half. He didn't play terribly in the first half, but the second half was lights out. And he had his highest number of yards passing in his young career. And he's 4-1 and one as a starter. 4-1. and one. So in these last four games, Tua, if he averages 200 yards passing, okay, let's just throw that number out. Let's say he finishes 200 yards passing and at his current rate of touchdowns. Tua should finish this season with a little over 1,600, almost 1,700 yards passing, 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's his, that's his pace. So that will be a total of nine starts out of 16. So he's a 3,000-yard passer with low 20s touchdowns and very minimal turnovers if he played a full 16-week season. You know, the way, you know, I don't even want to talk about it, but I will just because it's my show and I can. Justin Herbert is 3-9 as the starter for the Chargers. Justin Herbert is on his way to break a lot of rookie records for yards thrown, touchdown passes, so on and so forth. But I will say here on this show right now, if the Miami Dolphins go 3-1 and one in the last four games, finish 11-5 and five and Tua gets him into the playoffs, Tua will be the rookie of the year. Just mark that down in pen. If Tua goes 3-1 and one over the last four starts, the team finishes 11-5, and five, that would likely mean that they probably have a home playoff game uh, depending on how things go with the Bills. He'll have a home playoff game. He will win Offensive Player of the Year. Or, or Rookie of the Year, I'm sorry. Not Offensive Player of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Over Justin Herbert. I don't care the stats about Justin Herbert. Stats are stats. Wins and losses are, is, is a team game. But it also rests on the quarterback. So Herbert's putting up great numbers. He's not winning. Tua's putting up good numbers. He's winning. One team is on the verge of making potential playoff. The other one is talking about a top 7-8 pick. Which the Dolphins have also. So a great week. A big win. 19-7 over the Bengals. Kansas City Chiefs coming to Hard Rock on Sunday at 1pm. We got the best uh, crew calling the game. At 1 o'clock, it's a national game. We'll see how uh, much national it is uh, when the map comes out on Wednesday or Thursday. But we'll be here all week with shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Dolphins Talk Tom. Follow our main account at Dolphins Talk. And check out DolphinsTalk.com every single day for all the latest Miami Dolphins news. Thank you all for listening. I am out. Fins up. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast. Be sure to visit DolphinsTalk.com every day for all of your latest Miami Dolphins news.